This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Thursday, September 2nd. I'm Matt Hoish. In today's headlines, Mahoney talks masks, short-term rental ballot measures head to voters, Barry Jenkins on Film Fest and guest directing, and a mountain weather forecast. But first, in Wednesday's newscast, we misstated the closure of Imogene Pass. The pass will be closed from the smuggler ruins to the town of Tomboy beginning Monday, September 13th, as San Miguel County replaces the bridge over Marshall Creek. According to the County Road and Bridge Department, the closure will last for an unknown duration. San Miguel County recently reinstated local mask requirements for anyone three and older in indoor public spaces to prevent the spread of COVID-19. The Telluride Regional Medical Center is glad for the change. From our, you know, the medical side of things, as we're seeing uh, more cases in the county, uh, more people in our respiratory clinic, we're certainly happy that this measure is being taken to help decrease transmission of this virus. That's Dr. Christine Mahoney, medical director of primary care at the Med Center. She spoke on KOTO on Thursday. As far as why there aren't any requirements for outdoor gatherings, Mahoney notes being outside is much safer. What we have learned um, is, uh, especially you know, right now, that transmission um, is mostly happening in indoor settings between unmasked people of different households. And so that's where this recommendation is coming from, because that's where the greatest transmission is happening. Outdoors, you know, I think there's still a, a small chance, and, you know, that's obviously being looked at. There's still a small chance there could be some transmission, but the risk is much, much lower. The new mandate comes as the more transmissible Delta variant of the coronavirus is leading to increased cases across the county. And about half of recent cases in the county, Mahoney says, have been breakthrough cases in fully vaccinated people. And so that shows the virility or, you know, the strength of the virus, that it is able to break through the vaccine. Still, she adds, none of those breakthrough cases have led to serious illness. If you have been vaccinated and you have a breakthrough case of COVID, so you still get COVID even though you're vaccinated, the likelihood of you dying or even needing to be hospitalized is close to zero. Right now, what we're seeing in hospitals all across this country is the overwhelming majority, like 96 to 99 percent of patients hospitalized for COVID are unvaccinated. But there is also a large part of the population ineligible to get vaccines, even if they want them. Kids ages zero to 11. And as the Delta variant spreads, Mahoney says, there has been a dramatic increase in the rate of infection, hospitalization, and death for those ages. Specifically, the 6 through 11-year-olds have been the most marked um, increase in hospitalization and death in the past. And this is just in the past, like, four to six weeks around this country. Mahoney says the timeline for vaccine approval for those under 12 is a moving target, but right now it looks like it might come later this year or early next year. 
Getting those younger ages eligible, she says, will radically change things because that opens the door to reaching herd immunity. Which would then start to dramatically decrease case counts and transmission all across the board. In the meantime, booster shots are available for eligible immunocompromised individuals and federal health officials are considering whether to approve booster shots for the general public. Two ballot measures addressing short-term rentals in the town of Telluride will head to the voters this November. One would amend the Telluride Municipal Code to double the fee for all short-term rental business licenses, and those fees would be specifically allocated. Here's Telluride Town Attorney Kevin Geiger. So this has been specifically drafted that the increased fees, the increase from doubling the fees, is dedicated and must be spent in accordance with the restrictions that are currently found in the town's affordable housing fund. The measure would also place a moratorium on new short-term rental licenses for two years, with one exception. There is a one-time exception that should a unit that has a short-term rental license, should that unit be conveyed, the new owner can apply and the council would recognize an exception to that temporary suspension. While the moratorium on new licenses would sunset in two years, the business license fee increase would remain in place. The other measure is a citizen's initiative. Our Telluride Home Rule Charter allows any three registered electors of the town of Telluride to propose municipal legislation through the initiative process. That's Telluride Town Clerk Tiffany Cavanaugh. The measure would amend the municipal code to cap the number of short-term rental licenses in the town of Telluride to 400 per year. Those licenses would be determined by an annual lottery process. And also um, exempts short-term rental business licenses for primary residences from that um, lottery and cap. It is possible for both measures to pass, as the only conflicting element of the ballot language regards the number of short-term rental licenses in town. If both pass, the number of licenses laid out in the measure that receives more votes will go into effect. All other portions of each measure would also be implemented. Both ballot measures will be decided by voters at the November 2nd election. Barry Jenkins is an Academy Award-winning filmmaker whose works include Moonlight as well as If Beale Street Could Talk. Most recently, he directed a television adaptation of Colson Whitehead's novel The Underground Railroad. And he is the guest director of the 2021 Telluride Film Festival. KOTO spoke to Jenkins about this year's festival and his history with Telluride. Barry, welcome. Hey, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I've been listening to Kodo since 2002, so uh, it's kind of nice to, to be a guest finally. I think it's my first time on Kodo. Really? <laughs> yeah, I think so. That blows my mind. Um, I would say if anyone embodies this film festival, it, it might be you. might be going out on a limb, but <laughs> you've you. kind of done like a little bit of everything at this festival for the last two decades. Can you give us a quick rundown of just your relationship with Telluride Film Fest? Yeah, it's kind of cool. I was in college and undergrad uh, film school, and there was a flyer my professor had up, and it was for the student symposium. And she said, you should, uh, you should apply to this thing. And I was like, um, okay, cool. So I applied, got in. I had never heard of Telluride, and I got here, and I was like, 
holy sh! What did I get myself into? This is this. I mean, I'm from Miami, so it's like this is the whitest place I've ever been to. And the festival was amazing. the The locals were amazing. And everything about it. So I came back the next year as a production assistant, what they call the Vespucci Dogs. And then every year after that, I just found a way to come back. I mean, I've run concessions, I've made popcorn. Um, and then, of course, Moonlight was here in 2016. So I've kind of ran the cycle and now guest director, man. Um, and I just love it, man. I just love being here. What keeps pulling you back? You know, I've had so many firsts here. The first time I ever saw snow was here in Telluride. And I think it's just the town, man. When I used to come out, I used to come out in like June and July and I'd be here for like six weeks before the festival and uh, I always felt really welcome you know I said earlier it felt like the whitest place I had ever been and yet it was also one of the few white spaces I'd ever entered where me being black wasn't a barrier to entry. What does it mean to you to be the guest director this year and what does a guest director do? So the guest director is pretty cool, man, and it's, it's actually why I wanted to do uh, this interview. Over the years, coming to the festival, you start to look at the program book and kind of figure out the code. And I was always like, oh, what is that round circle with the dollar sign and the cross through it? And these are screenings that are free and open to the public. And the guest director program is also free and open to the public. And so to me, the guest director program, it's about coming here. And again, it's not about programming films for people who attend the Telluride Film Festival. In a way, it's programming films for the town uh, of Telluride. And so I thought, you know what, this is really cool. I'm going to go to the festival and I'm going to put some things up, you know, in a dark room, in a dark theater that I really want to see and that I do believe people in town might enjoy seeing. Simultaneously selfish and selfless. Exactly, man. I will say super selfish because some of the shit I just, I just have to see, man. Some of it I have, I've seen before but not on the big screen. Is there anything in particular you were really looking forward to this weekend? I glanced over the, the booklet, but again, I'm being selfish. You know, in my program, I've never seen any of those movies projected. And so there's this movie called West Indies by Med Hondo from 1979, and it's a musical. It's like this musical comedy drama about the history of uh, French colonialism in the West Indies. It is amazing, and I cannot wait to see it on a big screen. And then uh, Khalil Joseph, uh, who's become a friend of mine, he's got a program at the Opera House on Sunday, and I cannot wait to see that. Uh, and, and one of those films uh, in the program and a group of filmmakers who also are going to be here in town is this husband and wife directing team, uh, Adi Barish and Ruthie Schatz. And so they have this film called Garden, which is about these two Palestinian uh, young men and they're male sex workers. Um, and the documentary is about their lives, you know, trying to figure out a way to sort of like find peace. And it is just beautiful. It's so beautiful. And so we're playing this from 2003. Uh, and Addie and Ruthie are going to be here. So I think that's another dope one to check out as well. I mean, the other stuff too. I'm a big Pablo Lorraine fan. So I want to see Spencer. Mike Mills is dope. So I want to want to see his film at Joaquin. Kenneth Branagh. I want to see his piece, Belfast. There's some dope stuff. You know, Jane Campion's back. I want to see that. It's a pretty damn good festival, bro. Hey, you can kind of spin a wheel and you're going to land on something that's really dope. Barry Jenkins is the guest director of the 2021 Telluride Film Festival, which runs from Thursday, September 2nd to Monday, September 6th. Barry, thank you so much for coming in here and chatting. Thank you, bro. It's been a pleasure. The West End of San Miguel County may begin surveillance COVID testing through wastewater sampling. The east end of the county has been using wastewater samples since last year to gather more data points when it comes to disease burden in the area. During a San Miguel Board of County Commissioners meeting this week, 
Commissioner Hillary Cooper questioned if there would be benefit to expanding to the west end of the county as well. Right now we have to extrapolate from the east end testing to um, try to get a sense of disease burden in the west end because we just don't have enough solid information. Grace Franklin, San Miguel County Public Health Director, notes it's not as easy as extending the east end testing west as the wastewater systems are different. But there is definitely a way to test the wastewater for that surveillance testing um, with the understanding that it is a limited um, population group of the actual town of Norwood versus Norwood region, where there's still a lot of on-site wastewater um, system set up. Franklin adds the wastewater sampling won't be the make or break for lowering COVID numbers in the area, but it's a helpful tool. It's so complex because no one data point is the silver bullet, no one approach or um, tool that we have is either, um, which we've seen with vaccines, we've seen with all these different pieces. And so it just really does help just lift a layer so we can really see what's going on. Um, and it, it there's a lot of benefit added to this. County commissioners showed their support for helping Norwood start a wastewater sampling program, noting they would be comfortable using county funds to assist. Norwood officials at the meeting said they would bring the offer back to the Norwood Sanitation Board for discussion. Anyone looking for some live music will have several opportunities to jam out this weekend. Ethan Morrison is playing a free show Thursday night at 7 p.m. at the Transfer Warehouse in Telluride. Birds of Play will also play a show at the Transfer Warehouse Friday at 7 p.m. for the release of their new album, Murmurations, Volume 1. Up in Mountain Village, Emily Scott Robinson is also playing Friday night from 5 to 7 p.m. at Reflection Plaza. On Saturday, Lavalanche will play a show at the Transfer Warehouse at 7.30 p.m. Ghost River Band and A.J. Fullerton are playing Sunday at the Ridgeway Fire Department's annual fundraiser at Hartwell Park. And there's also daily live music in Mountain Village Center from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. and 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Colorado will start paying grade school students who agree to get tested for COVID-19 every week. The testing incentive includes a $25 gift card, followed by $10 weekly payments. The program will be funded by the federal government, and children need permission from their parents to participate. News outlet Chalkbeat Colorado reports only 20% of the state's school districts have enrolled in the free rapid testing program. It arrives at a time when children ages 6 to 10 are spreading the virus more than any other age group, according to data from the state health department. Governor Jared Polis hopes rapid testing will reduce infections and protect in-person learning. He expects the FDA to approve a vaccine for children under 12 as soon as next month. A team of scientists and emergency responders told two of Colorado's highest-ranking elected officials that the state's wildfire mitigation efforts have some flaws and need reform. KOTO's Scott Franz has more. Mark Finney studies wildfires at a Forest Service lab in Fort Collins. After a tour with Congressman Joe Neguse and Senator John Hickenlooper on Wednesday, he said the state should shift its strategy to focus more on prescribed burns. One of the challenges we face is getting over our fear of fire, getting over our inability 
as, a, as agencies and as public to having fire as part of, our, of these landscapes. Other researchers said some of the state's forest thinning projects, which cost hundreds of millions of dollars, are a scattershot approach leaving many gaps for fire to spread through. They urged members of Congress to support a more strategic plan and pointed to the success of a series of prescribed burns that slowed the spread of the Cameron Peak Fire last year. I'm Scott Franz. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for scattered showers and thunderstorms tonight with a low in the mid-40s. Friday, expect mostly sunny skies with patchy smoke and a high in the mid-60s. There's a 30% chance of precipitation. Friday night should be mostly clear with a low in the mid-40s and patchy smoke. Saturday, expect sunny skies with a high around 70 degrees. Saturday night calls for mostly clear skies with a low in the mid-40s. This has been the news for Thursday, September 2nd. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 728-3206. We would like to thank everyone who has donated to KOTO during our summer fun drive. A huge thank you to Mark Krasick, Joanna and Daniel Kanow, Mike Hardy, Elaine and Tom Schrodel, Oscar and Susan Mullen Davis, Carolyn John Dix, Chris Campbell, Lucas Price, Rosie Cusack, Janice Vistacci, Yolanda Vanek, Franz R. Rossman, Carrie and Joe Stefano, Janet Humphreys and Mark Azard, Pryor Nunn, Dave Hodges, Liza Gavin, Kristen Hughes, Karen Patterson, Richard Thorpe, Stephen Michelle Hoish, Joan Kyle, Bob Puff, Sally Puff Courtney, Nancy Lando, Jeff Gibson, Sarah Coke Smickless, Patrick and Carly Latcham, Sally Faulkner, Scott Ulam, Clifford Pastor, Duncan Scott Lancaster, Lisa and Paul Many Ponies, Barkley Duranyi, and Miles and Nicole Cook. Thank you all so much.